So whenever we talk about identity, I would say identity, well, the lack thereof, your true identity in Christ. So how would you encourage somebody to press into that outside of, you know, watching a video, but just internally asking, who am I? How can I overtake this? Or at what point would you recommend somebody going to somebody else? How do you open that trust? Mm-hmm. Trying to think through how to simplify it. Um, I think one of the first steps is is realizing that in the church um, we tend to focus much more on our sinnerhood than our sainthood. Uh, well-known therapist Dr. Henry Cloud. I was having a conversation with him a couple of years ago, and he said the average sermon outline is "You're bad. God is good. Try harder." Um, and, and we really struggle with, the, with our theology around, wait, but, but aren't human beings totally depraved? And aren't they um, sinners? And aren't they, you know, disconnected from God? Um, we can be sinners and in this state, uh, you know, the um, passed down from, from the fall, original sin, without um, losing our value. You know, um, I believe that a, a gospel that starts in Genesis 3 is not the gospel. we got to start with Genesis 1 and 2 where men and women were made in the image of God um, above plants, animals, and all creation. And we really got to focus on, okay, um, what does it mean to be made in the image of God, Christian or not, and the value and the dignity and the worth, mm-hmm. you know, that, that people have, regardless of whether or not they're Christians. And... If we start there and start to understand that, then it can put the rest into context. Wow, that was a tragedy that happened with the fall. Sin was passed down. There was disconnection um, that deeply grieved God, and now humans have gone on to hurt one another. It didn't make them any less valuable or worthless, but it, it, it caused a brokenness that um, was passed down and, and filled the earth. But, you know, the beauty of the gospel is that uh, we can be restored here and now to a similar state to Adam and Eve in the garden. Not exactly, you know, because we still sin, but uh, if we really look at it, the majority of the time that that, uh, throughout the New Testament that uh, Christians are addressed, it's as saints. It's not as sinners. You know, I... So I, I got a butterfly tattoo on my, my lower neck. I don't know what side it is on. But uh, it came from the analogy of why do we refer to ourselves as converted sinners if we're now saints? Just like we don't refer to a butterfly as a converted, as a converted caterpillar. It's now a butterfly. And I think we're so afraid that we'll get so prideful if we, start, if we stop talking about our, our old self or our sinnerhood or, or whatever. But we need to talk about who God has made us. We're adopted. We're, we're in Christ. We're restored. Um, we're, we're loved. We're forgiven. We're his sons and daughters in, in his family. So I would start with thinking about the theology and, and is what you're listening to, is it backing that up or is it furthering your shame and your, your sinnerhood or is it helping you grow in, in your sainthood? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've had to stop listening to a, a lot of preachers and teachers that I still respect, and uh, but it, it just 
it wasn't helping me grow and seeing myself the way God sees me. Um, and I think that that, that is a, a large thing that, that we kind of kind of deal with in the church. So that, that would be one. Um, number two is once we know like who God says we are and that we're made in God's image, um, kind of remembering that it's not like God just tolerates you as a result of Christ's work on the cross. You know, for God so loved the world, he sent his son. It's, it's, he loved you before and he loves you now as a result of Christ's work on the cross, but he also likes you, you know. Uh, he wants a relationship with you. He wants to restore you. Um, it's one of the reasons why Adam and Eve were created in the garden, to, of course, to, to give God glory and to worship him, but to, to have a relationship mm-hmm. with him, not just to be like, oh, he's kind of distant. I'm not sure if he really likes me, but to have yeah. this intimate foundation and, and relationship with him. Uh, and, and once once you start kind of getting into those things, um, just identifying a, a verse and uh, attaching that with an experience. For me, for years just struggling with my view of God, thinking that he was angry when I messed up, that he turned his back on me, that he just kind of tolerates me. Um, I started... Well, I memorized the verse, First John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. And just quoting that is an intellectual thing, but what we've got to realize is we have so many emotional, uh, painful experiences in this world of shame, of hurt, of feeling like people don't like us, like we're not good enough. So we also have to have experiences of truth. So to take that truth and then experience it in the here and now with God. Um, And also to remember, and this was key for me, uh, remembering back on this experience I had of of where God felt so close and it was like he was saying I was his loved son and visualizing that, closing my eyes, taking some deep breaths and what that doing that every day throughout the day for over five years now, what that has changed is um, some of my default view of of myself and who God sees me to be. So uh, how do I summarize that? <laughs> Wrestle with what you're listening to, with what is taught and what the Bible actually says about mm-hmm. who you are and your value and identity, and then identify a verse and and start experiencing it and visualizing it and remembering experiences with God that back that up. Yeah. I go back, speaking about favorite Bible verses, one of my favorite Bible verses was Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And that verse is great, but it leaves a piece out of it because in verses 12 and 13, it says, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. Mm-hmm. And for so long, part of my journey was just taking that front side of knowing, yes, God has a plan for me, but I'm not taking action upon that. I'm not really moving into resting in His in His presence and His opportunity to make me a saint, if you will, of to know that he has a plan for me, but also to know that even though we're resting in him, we should be seeking out ways to draw into that relationship with him. Because for so long, you know, I felt the the disconnect there, right? I wasn't pushing into that relationship. And so 
for you in the resolution movement, you're helping people move into that relationship. You're giving them the words and the personal experiences that you've might have gone through, and then also saying for the audience, whoever it may be that's listening, here's your opportunity to find your story, to find your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really resonates with me to know that whenever we package the seven longings, whatever they are, and whatever our own identity is, in what we're trying to solve if we just know that, yes, God has a plan for us, but also if we start to move in that relationship, things become a little bit easier. And if somebody says, I don't like you, well, that's okay because God still loves me type of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Having those foundational, well, having a foundational relationship with God and being so sure like of who he says we are, um, but that can be hard for so many of us because of our experiences with authority figures, and, mm-hmm. and that gets copied and pasted onto our view of God. Um, but it, but if we if we know intellectually, without a shadow of a doubt, who God says we are and who God is based on the scriptures, and and um, and see it for what it is, then what we can do is work towards okay, how do I get um, this intellectual truth to seek deep within my soul to my heart and become almost like an emotional truth, an operating system or, or view uh, or, or way of viewing, you know, the world around me mm-hmm. on a, on a um, everyday basis. <laughs>